And welcome to Bags and Boards. Coming up on tonight's show, we talk Codex card time strategy from Dave Serlin and Serlin Games. Plus news, new releases, games on Kickstarter, and more. Also, the heavy cardboard crew is back talking about 18 Dixie. What have we been playing? What games have we picked up lately? Find out tonight on Bags and Boards. All right, and welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Lance McFarland here with D. Clark. D. How's everything going? Doing well, Lance. How are you today? Doing pretty good. This is a second take, so uh, yes, sir. <laughs> take two. Yeah. So, um, bags and boards is a weekly board game review and discussion show here on KXTR 100.7 The Planet, covering everything in today's designer board game world. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome. I hope everybody enjoys. If you're driving through Stephenville, listen in. If you never even heard of hobby board games, listen. You might find something that's kind of interesting. If you've heard about Magic the Gathering today on the show, we're talking about something kind of similar to Magic the Gathering. Sure. So listen in, see what you think. Um, we're on Twitter at Bags and Boards TX at Facebook.com slash Bags and Boards and at Bags and Boards TX at gmail.com. You can find all of this info on our SoundCloud page at SoundCloud.com slash Bags and Boards, plus all of our past reviews and interviews and our RSS feed address, which allows you to add our show to your podcast catcher like Stitcher, Podcast Addict, and many, many more podcast catchers out there. So, D, also over at our SoundCloud page, if you're listening to this live on 100.7, on our SoundCloud page, uh, every Thursday morning, our show goes up there. That's correct. So, if you're just hearing part of it and want to catch the full thing, uh, tune into our SoundCloud page at soundcloud.com slash bags and boards. So, D, what has been going on lately, my friend? Not a whole lot, man. Just uh, working the grind, you know, going to work, playing some games when I can. Uh, Did a little bit of wrestling, caught up on... uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, which I'm just now getting into. Uh, don't want to get too much into that, but uh, you did some wrestling yeah. yourself. No, 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 no. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. No, I let's not get so. crazy. Yeah, so uh, we both got a chance to watch New Japan Pro Wrestling's uh, annual event called Wrestle Kingdom. Yes, which is kind of like their WrestleMania, and it's a it's a different beast, but it's so good. It was really good. The matches, like the whole card, was just stacked with great matches. Best wrestlers over there in New Japan Pro Wrestling. But people from all over the world in New Japan also. I mean, uh, Mr. Canada, Kenny Omega, took on Okada in the main event. And one of the best matches I've ever seen, D. It was, it was a really good match. Stellar. And then some other great stuff as well. Let's get out of wrestling, get into board games, yes. D. I'm excited. It's been, a, it's been a crazy couple of weeks for me, but we're back in. I've played more games in the last week than i played the last couple of weeks, so awesome. that's been fun. So let's get into some news and some discussion, D. And tonight, like I said, the Heavy Cardboard uh, crew is back talking about 18 Dixie. We've got our first XX game, just 18 XX game. They're sitting there on the shelf waiting to be played. Hasn't been played, but these guys have played plenty of 18 XX games. Oh, yeah, they know what they're talking about. They're going to talk about another one here tonight. 18 Dixie coming up on Heavy Cardboard right after the news and discussion. WizKids is going to be releasing their newest Dungeons & Dragons board game. It's called Assault of the Giants. It's coming out in February. Players play giants attacking settlements to score points and gain resources. Two versions with either painted or unpainted miniatures. Some miniatures as big as five inches tall. Some big miniatures coming in this game. It's a pretty good sized mini right there, five inches tall. Yeah, it's not bad, right? Yeah. Um, so, uh, WizKids took over the uh, production of the D&D board games uh, last year or the year before with, right. with uh, Temple of Elemental Evil. And this is just another game, I think, in that line of games like the Legends of Dritz and uh, 
um, Castle Ravenloft, you right. know, that series of games. So have you ever played any of those D&D games? Um, I have not played the miniatures games. I have played the uh, Legends of or Lords of Waterdeep game. Gotcha, uh, which is yeah. a which is a solid worker placement type game. Yeah, yeah, that that's set in the D and D universe. Yes, yeah, it there, is. there's a couple of like there's that, and then there's the game that came out from uh, Gale Force Nine that's like set in the Underdark where you all are playing Dark Elf families. Yes, and then there's this line that now I guess is going to have five games where it's all miniatures based games, like you know. Um, uh, campaign games right? yes and then there's some like uh, off the wall stuff like the card game that you're supposed to play like in so like if you were in if you were playing a game of D and you were like in like a saloon or something saloon if you're in like a pub or something right in the game like your characters are in a pub and like you were going to sit down and talk to like a person in the pub like you would play this actual physical card game right. as like a bet or something rather than just like oh let's roll some dice you know which is kind of cool right yes, absolutely. you know what i'm talking about uh 3 dragon ante i believe is the name of the game yeah, that's it's a what good it's, it's it's a fun little card game yeah um so anyway uh, game salute is going to be releasing richard breeze's newest game key to the city london later this month so if you're a fan of the key series from richard breeze i believe this is almost like a remake of key flower so if you like Keyflower and want to try this or never got to play Keyflower, check it out. Stoneblade Entertainment is going to be releasing Ascension Year 3 box that includes everything released for Ascension during its third year, which is an interesting uh, release, <laughs> a, a way to release something. Yeah, that's kind of curious. So that includes, I think, the main big boxes, Rise of Vigil and Darkness Unleashed. Have you played either of those? I have not. What Ascension have you played? I've got an Ascension at home, but I haven't played it yet. The only Ascension I've played is the original Ascension. Oh, really? Yeah. They release a new game almost every year. Somewhere in that neighborhood. Well, year, 18 year, months, something like that. I think you're looking at like maybe two for this one year, you know? Right. But I think this is going to come with all the expansions and, I mean, like promos and everything that came out that year. Um, a cool game that I saw from Essen uh, this past um, October or November, whenever Essen is, that really caught my eye. It was called... I'm not sure how to pronounce this, but it's a uh, Flame Rouge. I, I think, think it's Flam. Flam Rouge. It's a uh, F L A M M E R O U G E. So it's a bicycle racing game, and it has a lot to do with like drafting and stuff as right. well. So you've got these little uh, minis of these bicycle riders, and you're just racing around the board, and there's a lot of card play involved, but like some drafting elements too, where you can catch the draft and stuff. Okay. So uh, it looked really interesting. I it, it looked. It looked, um, I don't know, it, it kind of reminded me of, uh, there's a there's another famous German uh, bicycle racing game. Uh, have you ever heard of it? I have not. You've, you've lost me, sir. <laughs> okay, well, there is. I promise you, D. Um, but I can't remember what it's called clearly, but it reminded me of that, and I always wanted to play that, but it's kind of like a game that you're not going to just find in a store. you know? Right. I mean? So uh, Flum Rouge is coming out later this month from Brain Games. Brain Games is pretty cool. They released Ice Cool early, or at the end of last year, which is a really, really interesting game. So they're doing some uh, doing some different kind of stuff. Themes and Cosmos is going to be releasing a slew of games, including the first three Exit games from Inca and Marcus Brand. Uh, they're called Exit the Abandoned Cabin, Exit the Pharaoh's Tomb, and Exit the Secret Lab. So, Dee, what do you think about these games? I mean, you've got escape rooms, like real escape rooms, which right. are kind of expensive to go to, $50, $60 a person. I've looked into going to them. I really want to try one, but, I mean, they're expensive. So you've got board games trying to recreate the feel of an escape room. I'm curious, like, I haven't played any of these games. Yeah, me neither. Um, 
I'm curious as to how well they are uh, able to capture that feeling of solving puzzles and actually making progress towards getting out of the room. Because most of the escape rooms, you're you're shut in and you have to solve a series of puzzles. And like puzzle A gives you clues on how to solve puzzle B, yeah. which gives you clues on how to solve puzzle C, so on and so forth, until you finally fig- solve the one that gives you the key to get out of the room. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see how that could be translated into a board game, but I could also see how that could be done terribly. So uh, they have my attention. It's not something that I would instantly turn away. But it's not something that I'm super excited about either. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm interested in it because, um, I mean, last year you had, uh, there was a game called Escape the Room. Then there was the Escape Room, the game, which right. you can actually buy at Walmart. Even here in Steamville, they have it. And that got pretty good reviews. There's a game coming out next year called Unlock, which is pretty similar. They're going to be releasing multiple um, Unlock is pretty interesting. It's coming from Space Cowboys, which is the same uh, company that released, say, Splendor and Time Stories. And this is kind of similar to Time Stories, where they'll, you're, when you buy the base game, you're kind of buying the system. Right. It's almost like you're buying a PlayStation, right? And then uh, they'll release modules for it that you plug in and play the module, and then you're done with it. You right. Know? So uh, they're kind of continuing on with that uh game with an expiration you know like once you finished it you're done you're done you know the answer yeah so they're continuing on that like they did with time stories but doing an escape room theme to it okay so uh but this one that's coming out what what i say it is called it is called um oh they're called exit Exit. yeah so there's three coming out this year and they're from inca and marcus brand who is a pretty well-known design team that yes. designs a lot of uh, really interesting Euro games. So really interested to see that. Last bit of news, Vital Lacerda's first game, I believe it was his first game, CO2 will be re-released by GeoChixit uh, or GeoChix.it in 2017. And Stronghold Games has hinted at the possibility of reprinting it in the U.S. Um, updated rulebook, components, a uh, solo variant, a cooperative variant, things like that, all added to the game of uh uh, shorter play time. Okay. Um, so I like Vital Lacerda quite a bit. Yes, you um, do. I've never got to play Vinos, but, I mean, you've got the Gallerist, you've got uh, Kanban as a fantastic game. So uh, his first game, I'd be interested to try it. I mean, people that like Vital Lacerda, his first game is just as big on their list as any of his other games. Sure. So, um, so D, we're going to k- take a quick break, but before we do, I wanted to let everybody know that Bags and Boards is brought to you by Game and Movie Traders. Buy, sell, and trade both new and used video games for any console, DVDs and Blu-rays, and comic books. They also feature a selection of board and card games, including Magic the Gathering and other collectible card games. They're located at 2900 West Washington Street, Suite 60, right next to the movie theater here in Stephenville, and can be reached by calling 965-GAME or online at facebook.com slash Traders. Sville. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, the heavy cardboard crew talking about 18 Dixie. One more time I go. New school. Sorry. If you give me cheating, I will never tell a sorry. Old school. At your school. Oh! Playing the best in hip hop. KXTR, the planet. Did you just look down at your phone? You did it again, didn't you? You know, you're flying down the road in a three-ton hunk of steel, and a text takes your eyes off the road for an average of five seconds. 
At 55 miles per hour, that's long enough to travel the length of a football field and cause some serious damage. Turn it off. Trust me. Whatever it is, you'll live. Learn more at StopTechStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. I'm excited to hear your take on this next one. Tell us a little bit about 18 Dixie. All right. 18 Dixie was uh, designed by Mark Derrick and published by Deep Thought. It plays three to six players. It's about an hour per player, but I've heard that you don't want to play six. It plays three to five. And the game um, 18 Dixie is set in the southeast region of the United States. It begins right after the Civil War. So therefore, like Atlanta starts out worth very little, but by the end of the game, it's the most profitable city on the map. And, you know, it's your normal 18xx game, but with subtle variations. And the first variation is how the companies or privates work. The round of play area of the map is quite different than you may be used to. Um, For the first six operating rounds, various things happen between each one. The game begins with the auction of the privates, and they're numbered one through seven. Then you have two operating rounds, and then the remaining two trains go into the open market. After that, another stock round begins with more privates and miners available for purchase. And then between operating rounds three and four, and the third stock round, certain numbered miners close... And then the rest of the miners close between operating rounds five and six. And then after that, it's just a normal 18xx operating round, stock round scenario. Yeah, that when I saw that, because I, I, I've yet to play this. I saw you guys playing this, but I saw it normally it just goes stock round, operating yeah. one, operating round two, yep. operating round three. And I saw that and it's just it's. It looked like you know one of those yes no diagrams. It does. It's a it's a very long, <laughs> it's a it's a process. The little the. But it looked interesting. Yeah, it, it's really nice that it's right there on the board, and you so you can see going forward what's about to close. And so what's really cool about the game is that I think anyway the miners always split profits fifty fifty with the owner. The charter comes with a two train, and it's the train is printed on it. So you can always run, and it's a great money maker for you to be able to start a good company later on. But it's also good to get ex- the more expensive track lays around the board. And there are so many companies, and, and the coolest thing is, is that the miners grow up into majors. And so when that happens, all money, tokens, trains, everything will go along to the major. Like it'll just kind of grow up and the major kind of absorbs all the minor stuff. That's cool. And um, and then in addition, some of the miners will allow you preferred shares in the major companies, and those preferred shares do not count against your 60% ownership cap. So, oh, so you can go above 60% yeah, if you have yeah, those Yeah, if you have the preferred shares. shares. So it's very important to at least try to focus on opening miners that you know will go well fo- folding into major companies. There's it even says on the charters which ones kind of work best together. And then um, two of the majors can be started at the, by the purchase of a private company at the very beginning, and that can that gives you the presidency. And it also puts three shares into the open market, so you're immediately floated. Nice. All right. Another pretty cool thing that, about 18 Dixie is that the train ruster that whenever the trains rust, you get salvage value, so you get to recoup a little bit of your money when the trains rust. 
Oh, so you can kind of use that money to roll into right. your next train purchase if you're trainless or whatever. Exactly. And, and another thing, uh, one of the privates has what's called spare parts. It's just a little a little token. And you can add those spare parts to a rusted train, and that allows you to run for one more operating round. <laughs> That's pretty cool. So you can have your spare parts run one last operating round. Then when it rusts, rusts, you get salvage value. So it's pretty cool. So it also it it, it softens the blow for the, whoever yeah, has that one private, right? For sure. So the kind of difficulties with there being privates and minors and majors and and the intricacies of when stuff closes and and when other things become available that can be a little difficult for a brand new player kind of to wrap their brain around it. When you say brand new player, do you mean brand new 18xer or brand yeah. new? Yeah, okay. like you play in 1846 a couple of times and you want to jump into something a little bit more meaty. Uh, that this get that helps you a little bit because of the trains, the train salvage, and being able to maybe get that spare parts private company at the beginning of the game. So really, the only thing that's not cool about the game is the actual purchase of the game. It's pretty expensive. It's two hundred three dollars at the on the Golden Spike website. But at least. It's not deep thought games. I mean, it is, but it isn't. You don't have to wait four or five years. You can get exactly. it in a couple weeks. <laughs> exactly. So at least there's that. See, silver lining. Yeah. But one of the reasons why it's so expensive, actually, is because it beca- it comes with additional components for two more games, 18GA and 18MS. Right. So you have smaller Georgia and Mississippi are two smaller 18XX mm-hmm. games. So you get three in one. Yeah. So, so that's not bad for $203. That, right? Yeah. But yeah, that's that's it. Um, that's that's my only gripe about it. It's a, it's another great 18xx game that I can't wait to explore more. It's just it, I I discovering that I'm liking 18xx games that have minors that turn into majors like Arden and EU and this one. Oh, ones that grow. Uh-huh, so they trains grow that up. Gr- yeah, companies that grow up. Yeah. All right. Very cool. I'm excited to play it. I mean, I saw you guys, everybody having a good time. And I'm walking around with my box of Imperial Millionaires with all these strangers at the con name I want to play. Well, you so. know, I offered. <laughs> it's all good. Nah, nah. <laughs> we'll play it soon enough. Yeah. But I mean, I don't really feel comfortable giving it a rating. I've only played it once. But well, that's 18 Dixie. KXTR 100.7 is brought to you by Philip Vasquez at TSULawyer.com. Philip offers TSU students and Stephenville residents law services for DUIs, drug offenses, and other legal matters. Philip can be reached at 254-796-2270, but all information can be found at TSULawyer.com. PhilipTSULawyer.com is dedicated to supporting Tarleton Student Radio. All right, D. Also, man, I wanted to tell you, Circle A Skate Shop is located inside Game and Movie Traders here in Stephenville, next door to the movie theater. They offer skateboards and longboards and carry accessories, including trucks, wheels, skate videos, and more. Information at 965-GAME or by searching Circle A Skate Shop Stephenville on Facebook. So, D, let's get into talking about some games we played in the last week. Um, you go first. Have you played any, besides Codex, have you played any games in the um, last week? Got a little bit of retro gaming in, uh, played a little Hero Quest, did some uh, Catan, a uh, little bit of deck building. Uh, my first time to play through all three of the uh, Lord of the Rings deck building games by Cryptozoic. Okay. Uh, they use the same system as like the DC games, the, yeah. the Cerberus system, 
but they've got their own spins on ways to end the game early and ways that players can lose. Okay. Um, very interesting. Makes them unique games. Okay. Um, That's about some, it, man. Played some Catan, you said? Yes, I did. And what else did you say? Uh, played some Hero Quest, the old school gotcha. like pseudo D and D game. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the the Lord of the Rings deck builders. Okay. Um, I got a chance to play not only Codex with you, but my wife and I also played Lagrania the Dice game. Nice. Again, um, I I got I got out the rules for Harry Potter Hogwarts battle, and I had some trouble with that rule book. I mean, I would be able to figure it out, but it's not the best rule book. It looks like it's going to be a fun game. I'm excited to try it. Sure. Um, uh, a friend of ours, Steven, said that he's played it with his yes, he uh, has. family. He's played almost all of it and that he's going to teach it to us. So I'm really excited for that one. Yeah, that's what we're talking about next week. I hope we'll be able to. Uh, he said that, you know, the first game takes 30 minutes and then you go up from there. So we're going to start with game three at, say, probably like 45 minutes and then four, five, six, seven. So, I mean, I bet between a couple of different play sessions with two or three hours each, I bet we can get all seven games in. Probably so. Or all five games in that we're going to play because we're going to start at game three like is suggested also got a couple plays of splendor in my wife and i over the last couple of nights have busted out splendor nice i just told my wife you know i wanted to play a game and i let her choose and she likes splendor quite a bit and so do i but it's definitely one of her favorites and the first night she just destroyed me and then last night i uh i got her back so tonight we're gonna have to have the rubber match and uh see who comes out victorious sounds good man um so that's all the games we've been playing the only game i picked up in the last week was the network Works from Gil Hova and Formal Ferret Games. I punched everything last night, got out all the cards. This game looks fantastic. It's a Euro game with Euro stuff going on, but the uh, theme of it is you're, you all run a TV network, and you're having to hire stars, uh, book TV shows, and uh, get ads for those shows, right? right? So you're trying to build up your revenue to be able to hire more stars and bring more TV shows on to build up your revenue. You have to ditch the shows at the right time. Some of them, if you think they're rolling good enough, you can send into syndication right. to be able to bring you a little bit of money. Some you just cancel outright. But if you're not at the peak of it, right, you want to be at the peak right before it starts coming down, right before the viewership starts coming down. Sure. Because if you're not then your opponents can get that and get a siphon a little bit off of the end of it. And oh, you man. You don't want that to happen. No, you know never I mean? want that to happen. So you really got to work to um, get rid of shows at the right time. That's kind of the main crux of the game is bringing things on, making money to be able to hire stars to put into TV shows. And the stars are like, it's interesting, like New Year's Eve host or like that kid from the commercials. Okay. Or like guy who dies and everything. You okay. Know, things like that. And a lot of the TV shows are definitely uh, on the nose. Like one was The Baccalaureate, and <laughs> the picture on it is a graduate holding a flower. Okay. Know? So little uh, little funny jokes like that. But it looks like a lot of fun. I'm excited to play it. Gil Hova. I've played Bad Medicine, but that's a party game. So uh, his first game was... Uh, um, merchants, uh, battle merchants. I think it's called battle merchants. Um, where you're playing a, um, you're playing a guy who goes and gets equipment off of dead heroes in a dungeon and then sells it to the new heroes coming through to go try and fight monsters in that dungeon. Uh, and people like that game quite a bit. He was running a tournament of that at BGG con a couple of years when I went and a lot of people there. So I'm excited to play a new game of his. that isn't a party game, even though his party game is really good. So new board game releases and release dates, only one D. It's a it's a definitely an interesting time of year in the world of board games. Yes, it um, is. 
You know, the big conventions are over. Convention season is done. Christmas is over, so board game releases are very, very light. Right now is the time of year for lists, whether they be best or anticipation. One of the two, you know, it's the time of year when people are doing lists, and there's not a lot of board game releases, not a lot of news, not a lot going on, just good games to be played, right? This is a good time to catch up on that backlog of games you you have that you haven't played yet. For sure. You don't have to worry about new games that are coming out. You don't, you're not worried about news and all the ancillary side stuff going on in Absolutely. the board game world. So, yeah, good time to play games. So, D, um, we're going to take another quick break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking about Codex card time strategy from Dave Serlin and Serlin Games, and we'll be right back. In my car, because I'm driving a lot. It's okay to roll your windows down and turn your radio all the way up. In my car. Only if you have it tuned to the planet. Come on, y'all. Otherwise, it's not okay. <laughs> Got it? Definitely in the car. Is that a faucet running? That's not a faucet. That's a river rushing through the forest. Forest rivers provide over 100 million people with clean water to drink. What? I can't hear you because of the vacuum. That's not a vacuum. That's the trees in the forest cleaning up the air we breathe. I didn't know the trees were so amazing. Yep, and the forest gives us shade, trees to climb. That's awesome. Let's go explore some more. Visit the forest today and enjoy all it does just for you. To learn more about the forest and find one near you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. KXTR 100.7 The Planet is proudly supported by Golden China Restaurant in the Bosky River Center. Located next to the movie theater, Golden China offers lunch, dinner, and takeout all day with a buffet option during lunch. A full menu can be found by searching Golden China on Facebook, otherwise they can be reached at 254-968-5522. Golden China Restaurant, offering an international alternative to Stephenville for over 30 years. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. This is Bags and Boards here on KXTR 100.7, the planet covering everything in today's in oh d oh my gosh, man I messed it up covering everything in today's designer board game world. Game and Movie Traders supports Bags and Boards. They're located at 2900 West Washington Street, right next door to the movie theater. They carry a selection of board and card games, including Magic the Gathering. Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, and more. They also host groups and tournaments for all of these games, plus Dungeons and Dragons, Warhammer, and more. More information, they can be reached at 965game or at facebook.com slash gameandmovietradersSville. So, D, let's get into the review. We got, a, we got a lot to talk about card time strategy. So, Codex Card Time Strategy is designed by Dave Serlin and published by Serlin Games. I found out, D, that... Codex Card Time Strategy is about four years old, and I had no idea this game was kickstarted um, last year, I believe, or maybe even the year before, but delivered last year towards the end of last year. Um, but I heard, I heard, I read something interesting about it, and I thought it seems like this game has been around for a while. So I went and looked on the forums, and there were forum posts for this on BGG as long as four years ago. It's crazy. So what I think happened is I started talking about it four years ago, and then I think at some point he really, from what I could glean, I think he, I think he might have released the. Uh, so in the game, there's a bunch of different colored decks, but there's two neutral decks. One's called Finesse, and one's called something else. And I think they released those two decks online just a long as time a, ago. Print just as a, here's a concept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a print and play because people, you know, three years ago were playing this game, but I don't think that all the different colored decks existed, right? Okay. So, um, D, what I found out, something else interesting I found out was that Codex, you know, we know it's a customizable, non collectible card game, right? But it's set in this universe called the Fantasy Strike universe. 
So doing a little digging, I found out that Fantasy Strike is an online fighting video game by Serlin Games, I guess their video game development okay. uh, division, that you can play on patreon.com slash Serlin. That's S-I-R-L-I-N. So it's uh, right now it's in the uh, alpha stage, and you can play, I think there's six playable characters, but it's just like a Tekken, Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter type fighting game huh. featuring all of these characters that we've been playing in this game. Okay. Pretty That's crazy, pretty right? interesting. Yeah. The one guy who's like kind of like the main is... Uh, the main cover guy for the game is the uh, one of the ninjas from the white deck in the game. Okay. So the Fantasy Strike universe and the Codex universe are inspired by real-time strategy games like StarCraft and WarCraft. That's what they're going for. Um, I was kind of, I was like slightly confused about that because it doesn't seem like a real-time strategy game, right? But kind of what I think he's going for is the like, um, almost like the tech, nature of a real-time strategy game where you're like choosing a path and going down that path right that's very much what it feels like you have to at some point you have to specialize in one of the various facets yeah. that each color presents yeah so I, th- I think that's what they're going for from real-time strategy games so codex is a mix of deck building which is kind of the main mechanisms of how you're going to get your cards and you you do deck building like you add to your deck, not from buying cards like you do in a typical deck builder, but you're going to do it in uh, in a mechanism from the game Mage Wars, which is you have a binder full of all your cards, and you're going to be choosing two cards each round. At the end of your turn, you choose two cards, set them aside. The next time you uh, shuffle up your uh, discard pile to be able to draw from, all of those cards that you've been pulling at the end of each round will be there, right? Absolutely. So just like other deck builders, and something that I started kind of uh, – getting a sense of in our last couple of plays is that you want to try and thin your deck and like in most deck builders there's a lot of ways to thin your deck right and this one not quite as many you have to really only one you have to be kind of inventive right yes um and and there are some ways to there are a couple ways and a couple of the decks to trash some cards but not a lot right not very many you have to hire workers that's pretty much the the main way to do it is to hire more workers so what's going to happen is you choose a color of a deck right so there's green, there's blue, there's white, there's all the different colors, right? right? So they all have a different theme to them. They're all set in the same universe, but all with a different theme. Uh, green is like, you know, big creatures and foresty type stuff going on. Right. Blue is like law, order, stuff like that. White is like this n- different, this ninja monk clan. Yeah, and purple is really interesting. It's got like this time travel theme. So like the uh, three specialties are like past, present, and future. So that's what these decks are. They're um, they're a main color, but then each color is going to have uh, specialties, right? Correct. So there's three for each. So like I said, past, present, and future for the purple deck. For the green, you've got growth, balance, and feral. So different types of magic for each one of these colors. And they they play shockingly different depending on which specialty you go into. They do, yeah. Um, Black, for example, was the was the first one that I really noticed. Um, one of the three specialties is necromancy, and basically what it wants to do is make a whole bunch of skeletons, and you know none of them are very big, none of them are very powerful, but there's a couple of cards in the deck specifically designed to help skeletons, and so then your tiny little guys get a little bit get a little bit beefier, and you've got so many of them that you can just go around whatever blockers there are and get a bunch of damage done, yeah, and that's yeah. how when we played, I won. But then after we were done, I went and looked at the other two specialties, 
And uh, one of them was death. And then I don't remember what the third one was, but the death one was all about just sitting back, playing defense and making your opponent's creatures completely useless. Yeah. Um, so where the, the necromancy one was about making all of your guys and then making them, you know, bigger and better, uh, death played almost the exact opposite way. It wanted to sit back, relax and make your opponent's creatures completely useless. Okay. Yeah. It's uh they are really, really different. And you know, what you're trying to do in this game is destroy each other's base. You got twenty life on the base. Um you've got the cards come in different levels. So your starter deck there level zero cards, right? right? So um your base counts as your tech level zero building. Then you're going to be trying to build via having enough workers and paying enough gold. You're going to be building uh, Tech 1, Tech 2, and Tech 3 bases. And those are going to allow you to buy and use higher level cards. So um, when, you, when you start getting these cards, your, your starter deck is going to be all Tech Level 0 spells, creatures, things like that. Right. And you're going to start playing, and then you're going to be... Um, you can do a lot of different things during your turn. You start with a hand of five cards. You get gold from your workers. You start with either four or five workers, depending right. on if you're the starting player or the other player. And then every turn, you get gold for your workers. You can add a worker every time by paying a gold, but then that's going to give you an extra gold for every every turn after that. Right? And, it, and it also burns one of the cards out of your deck that you've decided is not whatever direction you're wanting to go in. You know, yeah, this card doesn't true. help what I'm trying to do. Get rid of it. Yeah, I kind of wish that they had had a mechanism where, like, you know, for my first worker in a turn, I pay one gold, but then for my second worker, I want to hire. I have to pay two gold or something like that. Right. Like, give you the ability to hire more workers in a turn to burn specific cards that you have in your hand now. Because just like a deck builder, at the end of this hand... I don't keep what's in my hand. I have to discard it, right? Correct. So what if I was like, oh, I really want to get rid of these two workers right now, but I'm going to have to wait till that cycles all the way back through. You know what I mean? Um, but anyway, that doesn't exist. So <laughs> it, Yeah, unfortunately it doesn't exist. And it's probably for the best because otherwise you would just thin your deck out to the three or four cards that you want to see almost immediately. Yeah, that's true. You know, true. your first couple of turns you would just, you'd pay one, to, you'd pay one or two or however much money you had to place as many workers as you could um, to thin the deck out, which then, you know, you're you're getting the cards you want as soon as you want them. Yeah, I do kind of wish that there was a little bit more uh, ways to thin the deck out, but there's there's enough, right? And there is, interestingly, once you have the Tech 3 building built, or no, I take that back, once you have 10 workers placed, um, you can just not put any more cards in. You have the option to take less than two. Oh, yeah, but that's the, true. But the Tech 3 cards, for the most part, are so good that you want them in the deck. Yeah, yeah. So you end up spending time to get those very best cards in there. I will say that's another interesting point. Uh, we'll get back to how the game plays, but you very rarely got up to that Tech Level 3. I, and I don't think either of us, like, I got to Tech Level 3 a couple of times, but I never saw not quick the Level 3 to, cards. Not quick enough to, uh, at the end of that turn, get the cards out set them aside, then after your next turn, they're in your discard, then they get shuffled in, then you have to draw them, play them, then use them. Right. I mean, you're talking five, six turns before they became useful. You yes, know? and by that point, the game was over or very close to it. Yeah, so that's interesting. It, it might be interesting to try a game where you start at 30 life or something, because, I mean... You just to just, make the game a little longer. You can just do that. 
You can. I mean, sure. <laughs> you know. Um, so anyway, you're going to get a hand of five cards. You're going to get gold from your workers. So you have three heroes up at the top that are kind of like your main guys for each of the different uh, specialties right. in your uh, in your color. So those three heroes are going to have different levels. So say level one through three is one special power and a certain uh, every character card has a, a an attack and a health sure. on them, right? So the each different level is going to have a different ability, and it's going to have a different. Um, it's going to have a different uh, attack and health, right? Correct. So, uh, on your hero, you're going to try and level them up. You pay one gold to level them up, and you can do that as many times as you want during uh, turn. And with that, you're going to not be able to just jump up to the last level right off the bat because say level one through three is on that first band with the first power and health and attack and then you're going so you're gonna have to level them up say four times to get to that second thing right right so they've got seven levels but you know they're just in three different sections well in different different heroes uh, have different numbers of levels yeah that's true too uh, I saw one that only had five. Yeah, and then I saw one that I think had nine for his for his max level. So yeah, they like, vary a little bit depending on what color you're playing. Like his top thing's powerful enough that you need to spend some time and some money getting up to his Correct. main thing. So once you hire your heroes, pretty much all they are are just another character, but they've got better abilities and you know. I yeah, mean, they've got they've got really cool useful abilities once they hit. Well, some of them have them immediately. But as you level them up, their abilities, you get more of them, they become better. Yeah, but you do have to have a hero out to be able to cast spells, as yes. we found out. <laughs> and we were playing that wrong for a while. Um, but you've got your heroes, you've got your spells that you're playing, you've got your creatures that you're playing. At the end of each turn, you're going to uh, pull cards out of your binder, add them to your deck. You're going to discard your entire hand, reshuffle once your uh, draw pile is out, and then start drawing again. So your your deck of cards is just getting better and better and better as you go along. And then what you're going to do is every turn you can level up, you can hire workers, you can cast spells, you can play as many cards and spells as you can afford, right? Correct. Level up as much as you can afford. Um, everything costs money in this game. But then what you're going to do is right at the end of your turn, you can attack as much as you want, and all attacks are a one versus one attack. You say, this guy is attacking this guy, right. right? Or you can attack buildings, you can attack, um, you know, even like upgrade cards that just put like a uh, spell out on the board, like, you know, you hire workers for free, those all have a health, you know, you can get rid of those yep. as well. And then all your buildings, your tech one, two, and three buildings all have a all have a health, and your base has a health. So I'm attacking your building, but the only way you can stop me from attacking your building is by um, setting up your... Um, your squad. What's it? What was it called? Uh, patrollers. Yeah, setting up your patrol units, right? So you've got five spaces, maybe six. Five. Okay, five spaces up at the top of your board, and that's your patrol zone. So what you're going to do at the very end of your turn is you're going to move heroes up into um, heroes and creatures up into those slots, and that is the first thing I have to attack. I can't get to your base. I can't get to your other creatures before I attack your patrol zone. So um, those give you different abilities, too, like one patrol zone space gives you plus one attack. One patrol zone space uh, has to be hit before anything else. Correct. So if you if you have something that you want to uh, be hit to give you another ability, put it there, you know, things like that. Absolutely. Um, so that's pretty much the game. You're going to be attacking, defending, attacking, defending, just like uh, just like, you know, any other magic style one versus one game. Until someone has gotten 20 life away from the base. So, D, tell me 
general thoughts about what you think about Codex card time strategy and uh, anything I missed in the uh, in the rules of the game. No, I think you did a pretty good job of covering the game as far as the rules and game mechanics. Um, one of the things that stuck out to me, uh, and we touched on it a little bit, was how each of the different colors have very distinct play styles. Um, and you can, to an extent, mix and match uh, between those styles, yeah, which yeah. Uh, absolutely gives the game a lot of replayability because you can try different styles, different strategies. Um, the artwork is very solid. Um, yeah. It is it is a little bit cartoony. If that's not your if that's not your style, then uh, maybe it's not for you. But I really enjoyed it. They're not kiddish. They're solid. You know, it's solid art, uh, just in that particular style that some people occasionally don't care for. Um, the uh, game itself, all of the pieces are pretty solidly put together. Yeah, that's true. Um, we got the super deluxe box with all of the bells and whistles, all of the the counters. Uh, all of the tokens, all of the uh, extra things that you can get for a game like Magic, but most people just use dice for. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about the uh, the like <clears throat> differences and the ways that you can buy the game, right? Right, sure. So you've got like some really small versions, which I haven't looked much into, but then you have like kind of a normal size box, which is a normal price. And that one comes with a red and a green deck, right? Right. And then I think you can buy the other decks to add on to it. Okay. But if you want everything all in one shot, say you say that you download the print and play, you just look into it enough that you think, I'm going to like this, hear enough reviews, read enough reviews, there's a $175 box that's the deluxe version of the right. game. I think it's about $175. That's what I read or heard somewhere. Um, and that version of the game has everything. So it came with neoprene mats. For the one versus one game. Which are probably it, 30 bucks a pop. Yeah, it came with uh, cardboard mats for the other players. So there are different versions of this game you can Absolutely. play. The main game, like what the game is designed to do is be a one versus one. You can do two versus two and you can do a free for all that's uh, two to five players. so Or three to five players. So it comes with mats for all those different players. Like you said, it comes with tokens. It comes with a life counter for the yes, one versus one game. You know, 20 to zero. And then... Uh, it pretty much just comes with all the different cards, right? Yeah, it comes with every card that supposedly they're ever going to make for this game. Yeah, that was kind of their deal. It's like, they, this is it. There's not going to be any more. They don't want it to feel collectible at all. And not even collectible in the uh, LCG sense, you know? R- A right. living card game is technically not collectible, but if you want to keep up with it, you're still going to spend an insane amount of money. Over time, game. you will. Because, I mean, take like any of those uh, Fantasy Flight games, LCGs, Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, Warhammer, any of them, they are pumping those things out. I mean, they come out all the time. Yeah, once a month. So, I mean, if those are $20, $30 a piece, the expansion packs, I mean, you're going to spend a lot of money over the course of a year to keep up with them. Yeah, it, it, it adds up. They nickel and dime you to death for sure, which is something that uh, Mr. Serlin here said that he absolutely wanted to stay away from. Yeah. So I don't expect to see anything else come out for Codex. Which is kind of disappointing because there's a lot here and there's certainly room for more. Yeah, there is room for more. But I got to say, if we really talk about the uh, uh, variation in the game, like it's pretty staggering. I mean, it's a lot, right? Oh, yes, absolutely. Because not only do you have the eight decks, which is just enough already, but then each time you play one of those decks, not only are you playing with a different specialization to try that out, but a different strategy with that specialization. So it seems like a game that even if you just had this game and you played it a lot, 
doesn't seem like it would get tired very quick. No, it seems like it would take quite a while before you're like, okay, I know what to do with each of these. You know, this is the optimal path. Um, that said, um, with any game that they that they say, you know, there are going to be no expansions, it will have a shelf life. I mean, it will yeah. eventually run out. For somebody, it's going to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's like, you know, the BattleCon series that... That well, they come out with more stuff for that, but it's just a gigantic box that I could never see myself getting tired of. As even even if I played it a lot more than I do, you know, yeah, be, it would be. It's got a shelf life. It would be difficult to hit that shelf life. So um, that's probably a fair statement for this as well. Yeah, and there are the eight decks. There's also some neutral decks, which I think is how you could deck build a little. Yes. And I think there are some other ways to deck build, like maybe even add the colors together, but I'm not quite sure how to do that yet. The the rules book mentions playing with multicolored decks, yeah. but it doesn't go into very much in terms of uh, strategies or ideas or ways to go about that other than these are the following restrictions if you do. Yeah, yeah. Um so it's it's got a lot of uh, variation in how you can play it. I've got to say the difficulty level, I mean, it's it's there, right? The difference in difficulty levels, like say the white deck is pretty simple, and the red deck, yes, pretty simple to get started with and to play with. I mean, that's why the red and the green is kind of like the base set, right? Absolutely. Um, those are simpler to get started with and play with, and each of the different specializations in those colors have a different difficulty level. Um, but then you get up to like, say the purple and you didn't get a chance to play the purple, but I'm sure you played one that I didn't play. That was also more difficult. Yeah. The blue one, but both times that I played the blue one, it was very difficult to manage. And I ended up losing both of those games against you when I was playing blue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the first one I chalked up to learning curve. I didn't really, you know, fully grasp what I was doing at that point in time. Yeah. Really wanted to come back and give it another, uh, crack. And even though that was at that point, my fourth or fifth playthrough and I solidly understood the rules still ended up losing the game yeah for sure and it's it's hard to uh, you know just like with any game the first game you play halfway through you go oh, oh wish I would have done this 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 and this right because you, know? you just have everything's arbitrary right yep so but there are some uh, different difficulties in the decks I got to say the purple deck with the time travel thing you're doing that, that's the cool thing here is that everything is so different that I mean, like, you have these rune tokens, right? Right. And those are used for a different purpose for every single deck. And almost every deck needs, in theory, could need them. Let me yeah. word it that way. So, like, say the uh, time stuff, when you're in the past, when you're playing cards that are part of the past specialization, right? you're putting uh, tokens on those, and every round you take one off, and when the last token is off, it, it dies. dies. Yeah. But when you put a card out there from the future, you put tokens on it, it doesn't actually arrive. You can't actually play with it until you've taken the last token off. Right. So, you know, one's coming, you know, you've got to get to that part in the point in the future. The other one, once you get to the present, it's dead. It's you dead. Know? So um, really interesting, the differences in the decks. Um, I like the, the way the combat works. Um, what did you think about the combat? You're a guy who likes combat in games. What do you think about the combat? It's simple. It's, it's very simple, straightforward uh, TCG combat. Yeah. Uh, my guy is attacking your guy, or my guy is attacking you, or your base in this case. Yeah. Um, everybody's got their straightforward offense and defense. Um, it's not a Japanese game, so there's not a bunch of zeros at the end, which I really like. Um, that's that's probably my number one turnoff with certain TCGs, like Force of Will, for example. Okay. Is there's just there's all these superfluous zeros. Really? Um, 
Yeah, I mean, instead of having a 5.5, five, you have a 500-500. Really? It's it's weird. Huh. Um, Didn't know that. Yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh's the same way. Yeah, okay. But uh, Now, this one actually doesn't have defense, which it kind of streamlines it even a little bit more. The, the fact that- Instead of your defense hitting my, my health- just your your attack hits my health. Right? right. Well, I mean, that's pretty straightforward. Yeah. That, yeah. that you're you're doing damage based on attack. Um, the fact that creatures do not heal, or your heroes for that matter, do not heal uh, at the end of combat gives gives combat a little bit more weight to it. Yeah. Um, in Magic and several other TCGs, if you get a big thing, you can just beat people to death with it. Yeah. You yeah. know, you have to come up with some sort of kill spell, which they don't really have very much of in this game. Um. But instead of doing that, you can go, well, you've got a 4-4. Four, four. Well, I've got four one ones, so we can get him off the board. Yeah, you know, that's this true. Is not a, this is not a permanently debilitating problem. Yeah, and you, you can attack pretty much anything with anything, right? I mean, yes. your inanimate objects can't attack, but you can... I could say this guy attacks this guy, this guy also attacks this guy, this guy also attacks this guy. Right, and they're all resolved one at a time, so yeah. you don't have to send... A bunch of extra things, and then uh, let the defender let the let the defender with his big thing decide how he wants to do damage. Uh, as the person in control, you get to decide exactly what you're sending and when, which is really nice. Yeah, that's true. And the game is kind of interesting because you know at the end of your turn, you set up your patrol zone, and then you just hope that everything kind of works out for you. You know what yep. I mean? You hope that they don't end up with enough to be able to you know, destroy your patrol zone and get through to your building. And your your units do come in tapped um, or, you know, turned sideways. Yeah, they, they come in they come in turn. I don't uh, want to have to pay Fantasy Flight anybody or Wizards of the Wizards, Coast. Wizards, yeah. yeah. Uh, they, they do come in rested. There's a yeah, good yeah, word. Yeah. Uh, Exhausted is the word, yeah. There you go. That they use in this game. Uh, so that is, that is something you have to uh, take into account. Just because, you know, you played some guys doesn't mean you can do anything with them yet. But um, it's it's certainly very interesting. It's a it's a solid card game. There's nothing there's nothing wrong with it. That's for sure. No, not at all. I really, uh, you know, here's kind of my thing with this game. I can see how good of a game it is. And you know, one of the hard things about reviewing a game like this is that this isn't a game that's necessarily meant to sit down and go, okay, I'm going to play with this deck, and then that's when you start looking at the cards. Right. This is a game that's meant to sit down and say, you know plan out a strategy with your deck. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, I know when I go into this game that this is a specialization I'm going to choose. This is a strategy I'm going for. Hopefully the cards will come up like I need them to, just like in other TCGs. Um, so it's kind of hard to review because every time we sat down, we were playing with a new deck. You know yes. what I mean? Um, the only uh, the only thing really any of us got was you playing the blue deck twice. And really then, even with the multiple specializations, it wasn't the same. No, know? it wasn't. So um, it is kind of hard to review. I would like to, if we get some more plays of this in, even say over the next six months, touch on it again. Just come back and review it sometime, like say in the fall. Yeah. So, um, but with the game, with a game like this, for me, it's like I can tell it's a good game, and I would like to play it more. But just like with all games like this, I mean, you know this about me. I, you're a care bear. I like. Yeah, I find it hard. I I, I don't know. It's a weird thing I get where like. I feel this tension that's not even really there. You know what I mean? Right. Because, like, everybody's so used to playing these games, and, I mean, I am too to a degree. I've played a lot of Magic, even Dice Masters, you know what right. I mean? Right. But the, like, attacking in games and, like, oh, this card says that, like, your hero has to go back to its uh, home base. Like, 
that makes me feel bad to do that. Like you worked so hard to like get your hero out there and level him up. And like, I just, I feel like I'm ruining your stuff, you know? And that's what's happening. Well, you are, you, you are, have, but you, that's the point. You have to like, you have to become like a heartless, like player of that game. Not a heartless person, but like, you know that you're in this game and like you're, your like leaders and heroes in this game are heartless and they don't care. You yep. know what I mean? It's really interesting. These games are, uh, I got to say, I know it sounds silly, but they're like really like can be tough for me to play. Um, like I do it, you know what I mean? Right. And it's not like it's really hurting me or anything, but it's like some moments come up in these games where I go, oh, I really don't want to do this. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I really, really don't want to do this. Like he's been building up this strategy for this whole thing thing and like this is just gonna ruin it you know right i wish um i wish there were more decks in games like this that and there may be you know more about these games than i do that like come at it from like a like i'm going to like peacefully win this game you know like I don't know. How would that work? Like almost like a power drain more than like an attack or like um, magic has a, a handful of cards throughout its history that say if you fill following condition, you win the game or oh, if really? your opponent doesn't do following thing, they lose the game. That's um, interesting. My my modern deck that I built and took to the GP in Fort Worth, uh, one of its primary win cons is built around a card that says, you know, pay three, do the following chain of things. If you fill this condition, you win the game. Huh, okay. And I won more than a few games up there where my opponent was at 20 or more life. I never actually did combat damage to them. I just said, no, you don't get to play with me. No, you don't get to touch my things. You can do whatever you want, but you're going to stay on your side of the board, yeah, and yeah. I'm going to stay on my side of the board, and then Olay, look, I win. Yeah, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, and like um, in the end, this game, like that doesn't bother me that much. It's just like it's a type of game I can't see myself playing forever. Right. But the people who like these types of games, it's clearly for them. It's a solid game with the solid systems. I mean, adding in the deck building First of all, adding the card picking from the from the binder yes. into the deck building and then adding the deck building to the Magic the Gathering type game, the patrol zone out there. I mean, it's all interesting. Like there's even some like Euro-y mechanisms with a little bit, yes. getting gold and you have to have gold to do this and workers to get gold. I mean, you're having to like build a, it's definitely like an engine building game mixed with the magic game. You Certainly. know what I mean? Um so overall Thought it was a really good game. I think uh, I think if this is your type of game, it's definitely worth like really looking into to see if you want to buy this big box. The components are really nice, or at least buying that starter set to see if it's something you like. Um, if you if you're a card game player at all, and I know a lot of people are, yeah, um, I would certainly recommend getting the the red green starter. I believe it is, yeah, uh, just to to have it to check out. Um, if you know that. You know, you've you've listened to our review. You've listened to the Dice Tower review, because um, this this thing has gotten great reviews pretty much everywhere, including oh, yeah. this glowing one that we're giving right now. Uh, if you know that this is your type of game and that this is something that's going to be right up your alley, go get the big box. Yeah. Um. The the two player box. I feel uh, the shelf life is going to be much much faster on it. For sure. You're gonna you're gonna figure out what you want to do with it, and then can I do my thing before they do their thing? Will be the extent of it. Yeah. Um, the added variety, the the added playability of having all of the decks, all of the cards available 
to me makes that big box way more worth it if this is your type of game. For I sure. realize that that's a really hefty price tag, but if it's if this is something you're going to enjoy, you'll you'll get a lot of miles out of it. You really will. Okay, cool. So I recommend from you. I would, yes. Awesome, me too. So even even with my play style and my preferences, if you like this type of game, it'll be for you. Yeah, I would sure. on a on a one to five scale, I'd probably give this uh, three and a half, maybe even a four. I would, yeah, I would say four. Four. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna quit qualifying it, but yeah. like for that type of player, definitely three and a half or four for yeah. this game. Um, so th- it also comes with some cool map cards that we didn't get a chance to try, and we didn't get a chance to try the other uh, different play types. Yeah, and we didn't but, get. I want, really wanted to do a free for all. That's something yeah. we went before we come back and look at this again. This is something that we need to do. Yeah, and the map cards add like a special rule to the whole game, like uh, workers don't cost money or something like that. Right, you just shuffle them up, choose one at random, and it, it's a it's a spell for everybody essentially. Um, so uh, D, we're gonna get to the end of the show right now, but before we do, bags and boards is brought to you by Game and Movie Traders. Located at 2900 West Washington Street, next door to the movie theater here in Stephenville, Game and Movie Traders does buy, sell, and trade for both used and new video games. They offer new and classic video games for all systems, including PS4, Xbox One, as well as Nintendo, Sega Genesis, and all consoles in between. Information at 965game or at facebook.com slash Traders-Sville. So, D, we're going to get out of here, but before we do, wanted to talk about what we're talking about next week. I'm hoping we get Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle played before next week. We're going to do we it. Can. We're gonna do it. Um, it's gonna happen. And then, uh, guys, I got to, uh, I've got to uh, um, get it back to my side of the court, D. Oh no! The game after that, we're gonna do a Euro. Okay. So I've got, I've got a ton there sitting, waiting to be played. Sure. I've got Royals. I've got the networks. I've got the Gallerist. We haven't talked about. That's very um, true. A lot of good Euros that we haven't talked about yet on the show. So we're gonna get a Euro in. But Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle, the deck building game talking about that next week. So if you're a Harry Potter fan, this is really the only Harry Potter game out there. The really good one, anyway. I, I say that. I haven't played it yet. Yeah, yeah. But it, we've but heard the, good the things. The only gamery Harry Potter game yes. out there. So uh, tune in, listen to that if you're a Harry Potter fan, or if you're a board game fan. And we will see you guys next week. Have a good night, everybody. All right, bye. And for today's weather forecast, there's a 100% chance of more rockets. Um, honestly, anywhere, like school. 100.7 KXTR, the planet. Or at work. Keeping you updated in rock music. Not weather. Sorry. Let's go. Hey, America. We need to have a little talk. We've got a lot of food in this country. So how are 17 million kids in America struggling with hunger? That's why the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks gathers surplus food and gets it to hungry kids who need it. Support Feeding America on your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. To help solve hunger in north-central Texas and to find your local food bank, contact feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. 100.7 KXTR The Planet is brought to you in part by Videos and More, located at 931 West Washington Street in Stephenville. Videos and More offers a variety of movies and video games for sale or rent, and also has a large option of select knives and other oddities in stock. For more information on videos and more and their possibilities for Tarleton students and faculty, the store can be reached at 254-413-4734.